We're welcoming you guys live from SoFi Stadium. I'm just kidding. We're not live at all. <laughs> yeah. We are about uh, three to 400 miles away from SoFi Stadium, uh, but we did watch the game live. We all lost internally, physically, emotionally, but it's okay. Why well, pick the Rams? Yeah, well, Sam picking the Rams, but he meant... Shall I go back to a week and a half ago that he picked the Rams because he every team he picked lost. So he picked the the Rams. Of course, you come up late. You come up late. You know what? You're what the quintessential of I'm not a shower, I'm a grower. That's you. (laughs) No, uh, guys, uh, welcome. We are uh, recording live together, um, all three of us, which is a rarity. some might call it a parody, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I'm happy we're all together, guys. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. You're not happy about it? I am is not. Is that why you're so I'm quiet? Not, I'm not happy about it. I don't have my headphones. I don't have my own mic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you want me to grab you a beer? No, it's just, it's, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot in here. <laughs> we're just invading <laughs> Sam's personal space. We're in a closet. Three by three closet. We're all the hell with COVID. <laughs> yeah, we we were pretty much naked, um, underwear exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm really glad I got buttons on my boxers just in case. <laughs> Vince has been holding on to my my left boob this whole entire time. Mm-hmm. So um, we're a little hard here, but that's okay. Nipple wise. Yep, that's right. Yep, 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 yep. Um, I actually I don't have any notes. Um, I'm relying on my fellow mates here for notes here. So um, obviously we're going to talk about the most important and elephant in the room, Super Bowl. So um, I know Vince was the most vocal because of, again, we're live. We have a dog here. Um, but Vince was the most vocal about the whole 49er situation here. So Rams have won. How do you feel? Devastated, but... Not terribly surprised. Um, yeah, this is my lot in life, is to be disappointed. Uh, 1994 season was the last time the Niners won, so I've been disappointed for 27 years now at this point. So, you know, this is just kind of par for the course. I was right there with you. Um, I think my 28th year is when the Eagles finally won a World or a World Series. <laughs> a is never going to win a World Series in my lifetime. Um, won a Super Bowl, so I think I'm, I'm I'm in there with you. I'm in the boat, you know. I know what you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not fun, but you know, whatever. Um, I, like I said, I'm not terribly surprised that it happened. Um, obviously the Rams, you know, basically sold it all to try to win this year, and they made it happen. They went and got their quarterback. They went and made moves to get Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. So yeah, this is. They, they they made they made enough moves to make it happen for them and uh, they barely made it happen but they made it happen nonetheless and I just think about if the Niners were in this game uh, I would have been uh, like I feel like the Niners probably would have beaten uh, the Bengals as well but you know can't you know can't dwell on that because they didn't make the game so here we are um, yeah I don't like LA teams but you know. Um like Vince said, they assembled a good team. Um, they they traded a lot of capital to get the quarterback. Um, and, you know, he threw two picks, but he showed up when he needed to. Uh, most of all, I was entertained. It was a great game. Yeah. You know? 
Uh, how about that halftime show? We need to get that was there. probably the highlight of the game. <laughs> really yeah, there was a football game. I was just waiting for the concert. What are you guys talking about? That's right. There was, we went to the concert and a football game broke out. It was weird. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, they opened it up and Eminem, Mary I, J. I still, I still call BS because Dr. J was the first one shown. Snoop Dogg said hello, and he got credited, and I lost my bet on that. Well, he, he uh, Snoop Dogg said the first words in the song, so therefore Snoop Dogg was the one that technically opened, even though it was a Dre song. So there you go. It's, it is what it is. That's the rules of gambling. <laughs> I lost a lot today. I had, a, uh, I had a bet with a fellow man named Ty or Tyler. He's been in our podcast before. He's a, um, a hockey aficionado. Um, one of the best, I, in my opinion. He's but, in the uh, audience. He, yeah. sa- he says, shaking his head. <laughs> Today, he's rocking uh, in a full Adidas suit. He is missing the track pants, which I'm a little jealous that he's not and upset that he's not doing that. But he's missing that and a dookie chain. So, you know, we'll, we'll give him a little of the benefit of the doubt yeah, here. That and the hat, and he could be the fourth member of Run DMC. Yeah, a little on the wider side, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, we'll make it work. But that being said... Uh, we had a bet today uh, about a uh, a score situation here, and I busted and went over. And I had to take a shot of one fifty one for your benefits. It was at halftime, so I'm sober, er, and um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about it. A little disappointed. Mike Trico's on TV. My fiance has no idea who Mike Trico is, which is great. She has no idea. I've said it about five, six times to her, and she has no idea. But it's okay. She's on TikTok right now, so so that's good. <laughs> yeah, so um, that halftime show was, you know, pretty good. I liked it. Um, I was pretty hyped. I got some goosebumps during some of it, you know. Um, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't as good as Prince's halftime show, but it was no. still pretty good, you know. Never, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, there's a lot of people talking online. Like, a, a lot of people are, like, you know, overhyping it, saying it's the best ever. It's not. It's, you know, I mean, it's definitely better than most. I would say probably... Definitely top ten, probably top five. I'd, I'd have to sit down and rank them for you. I don't, I don't have the time or there's the mental no, capacity to do it. But yeah, it was really, it was a really good show. I enjoyed it. There's I, no way that Princess is not number one. Yeah, <laughs> Prince is number one still. Um, yeah, th- th- there's uh, that. That's the uh, the champ of halftime shows in my opinion. So, I vote Janet Jackson's boob. <laughs> so okay, pervert. So we got into a discussion about it, right? She said that. My fiance said that Janet Jackson's career went downhill from there and nothing happened to Justin Timberlake. And I said, hey, Justin had no idea that a nipple was going to appear. He thought it was going to be like a pasty. So that's why his career blossomed and hers went for a downfall. She picked the wrong time to show a titty. And, well, it, it's sexism is, is the big part of it, really. I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the long story short. That's the too long didn't read is uh, Janet Jackson's career shouldn't have ended. Just because of that. So whatever. So next year's Super Bowl, how do we top this? Do we get BTS to perform? They can't afford that. <laughs> They're the NFL. They only have so much money. Don't you hear these owners complaining, man? <laughs> no, I mean that would be uh, that would certainly bring in a crowd that doesn't normally pay attention to the Super Bowl. Um, oh. And that's that's kind of what the halftime show is supposed to do. It's, you're right. supposed to be bringing in new people. That, well, that's why Katy Perry was the host a few years ago, or the halftime show performer. To be fair, a Super Bowl is not for you and I, or the average Joe. The, 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 the common ticket was in the range of $3,000 to $10,000 and above. 
So it, it, it ain't for you and I. Unless, you know, anybody wants to be a sponsor for a podcast show and wants to, like, advocate for us, we'd be happy to, you know, sponsor Manscaped or whatever kind of, you know, random podcast you want to get. We, we have been seeing some of the shit commercials that have been on the Super Bowl. We, we think we could do a little better than what they've been given the Super Bowl. So um, shit us up. Hit us up, DC. Let's uh, <laughs> sponsor us, man. Wow, they got like DC. We're, we're watching a commercial right now. There's like four <laughs> DC movies coming out in the next year or so. So that's that's interesting. All right. <laughs> Back to football. Back to football. Um, yeah, so uh, the Bengals had the lead. for like Basically, they took the lead on the first play f- uh, out of the second half, and they held it until, you know, a buck 25 uh, left in the game. And that was... You know, it, it, it was it was kind of rough. You could kind of see it starting to turn a little bit. Uh, they like Joe Burrow was just getting sacked all game, all all second half really. The first half, I think he only had one. He was only sacked once. So, if if I was any team that was in the playoffs this year watching that Super Bowl game, if I was the Titans, I'd be so excited because the Titans sacked Joe Burrow seven times and he won that game, right? Nine. Nine, okay. Nine times. He got, he got sacked as many times as 50 Cent got shot. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's why I'm excited if I was the Titans. That's how close you are. Like, the Rams won the game because they had a, a great offensive plan, and they lost OBJ. And I think the Titans with a healthy roster, I think your Titans are the ones to kind of push that envelope against the, the Bengals. Now, Bengals are going to get better next year. Offensive line is definitely going to be addressed in this offseason, for sure. Yeah, they'd have to. But also, you got the Chiefs and the Bills there, too. I mean, the AFC is absolutely stacked for the next, uh, you know, five, ten years. So, it's going to be a dogfight no matter what for, for the next half decade. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And all those teams that believe they're only a quarterback away. You got Denver, Cleveland, uh Raiders. If Tennessee, if Tennessee could somehow upgrade, I don't think you could win with Tannehill, the big one. I don't think you're going to win the Super Bowl with Tannehill. No, but but when you got the most prolific running back to you know don some cleats for the NFL, I think I think you got, always got a fighting chance. How many more years does he have to be that dominant though? He's already showing he's not. He can't make it through a whole season. But this isn't. That wasn't his fault. That was it's a not, rough tackle. I mean, but it's not about whose fault. It's about health. Availability. Well, I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he's, he was healthy for like three years before this. So, I mean, this is, although this is, you know, he is older. I mean, he's twenty seven now. I think yeah. he's about to be twenty eight. But the, but 20, the running back life is what four or five years. Twenty eight is that cutoff year, yeah. man. Like uh, for running backs, once they hit twenty eight, it's like you, in, unless you're somebody special like Frank Gore, who's just does not die until this past year. Who still basically. wanted to play this year. Yeah, I mean, in if. You know, th- th- there was finally no takers for Frank Gore at this yeah. point, um, which is unfortunate. But I mean, I mean, he's the exception, not the rule. And most most running backs, once they hit twenty eight, they're they like fall off. They fall off dramatically, yeah. uh, and whether it's injuries or just ineffectiveness. So, uh, and De- Derrick Henry is a special special talent. He might be one of those exceptions because every now and then somebody breaks through, and they're running effectively into their thirties, like well into their thirties. So. Maybe Derrick Henry's that case. Maybe this is the start of him breaking down at some point every year. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, only the future can tell us that. All I can say is Alabama produces the most wildest running backs I've ever seen, and they produce the most shit quarterbacks I have ever seen. <laughs> there hasn't been a, I think, what, a, 
uh, what the fuck is his name that played for Cincinnati, and then he got traded. Uh, AJ, he won the uh, the Heisman for them for 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 Alabama. The wide receiver, AJ no, McCarron, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. AJ McCarron. Yeah, they produce the worst quarterbacks, but they have the one of the prolific best running backs that ever come to that system. And I think um, I don't know. I just I, I think you're gonna see. Just continuous, just great, great, great coming through. And I, I'm going to go with the Titans. I'm putting it down right now. My 1600, 1600. How much was the Titans win this oh, year? Oh, um, we actually like I we actually, said 49ers was sixteen hundred. Yeah, uh, let me pull that up. I real think the quick. Titans were sixteen hundred as well. Um, hold on. If it's not it's too much to ask, I think we'll put a hundred bucks down on the 49ers and the Titans to win it all next year. All right. So, oh, that's the um. Other division. Yeah, the, the rest of them. Uh, there we go. Okay, so top of the ticket, we 2, have... 2,200. Yeah, 2,200 for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, the 49ers are plus 1,600. Your favorites going in, or early betting favorites, are the Bills and the Chiefs at 750 to one, uh, 750 each. So 7.5 to 1, basically, is what you're looking at. Uh, the Rams, who just won, are uh, 11 to 1. Bengals are 12 to 1. Cowboys, 12 to 1. Broncos, Packers, 49ers, 16 to 1. Uh, with the Broncos, I think they're counting on some on getting a quarterback. Yeah. They're how real- are the Broncos 16 to 1? What's going on here? Um they, they they've got they've received a lot of draft capital. Um I, I just don't understand what gives the 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 Broncos that that big push. What are they looking at? They were they were they were a adequate playing above their level defensively with all the trades they made last year, but I don't see them as a top 10 favorite to win it all next year. Not at all. I just don't see it. And the Cardinals, I think, is, is, a, is a question mark to me because uh, it has now come out on record that Kyler Murray is now upset with the Cardinals for whatever reason it could be. And that's why he's deleted all of his Instagram, Twitter, what have you, social media posts about the Cardinals. Yeah, um, if you're looking for good value, I mean, the Chargers and the Colts are both uh, 25 to 1. I the, mean, that's... My problem with the Colts is that they have already expressed that they're trying to get rid of Carson Wentz before yeah. they have to pay him. Yeah, I mean, if you replace him with somebody who's even slightly better, they're in the playoffs. So right. at that point, that's a pretty good bet. And like I said, we haven't done the money-wise, but I have made a case that possibly there could be a trade between Indianapolis and uh, Green Bay, quarterback-for-quarterback situation here. Uh, Green Bay would be on the hook for one year, and same would be uh, Indianapolis. Both both quarterbacks, I would say more or less Green Bay is looking for, and Rodgers is looking for a new scenery. Um, maybe not so much Carson Wentz, but I think with this whole last game to get into the playoffs and they didn't succeed I think they're kind of writing off the books knowing that they have all these pro bowlers and top talent in Indianapolis and they don't want to waste those prime times and prime money on them so they're trying to get a winner now and I think Aaron Rodgers is what they're looking for so I wouldn't rule it out again I haven't done the money wise but that's my hunch and my guess is that that might be the next move I don't see it. I, I think uh, Green Bay is going to want way too much what uh, 
the Colts can offer. And I don't think they're going to want Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, that's the other part. You, I mean, well, my argument the, to that was that is that is love really your future? And there's this really weak quarterback draft, and Carson Wentz would be only there for the one year. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, like that. That's if if love isn't the guy, I think you write it out with him this year. And if he proves himself to not be the guy. You're looking at a top five pick, and you've right. got you got you know a real shot at one of those uh, top tier quarterbacks, not this coming year, but the year after. And not having the, not having Wentz or somebody taking up that cap cap space like like Aaron Rodgers or Wentz, you clear out that cap space. You're still on Jordan Love's uh, deal. You're able to use some of the money to maybe surround him with more talent, add to the defense, add to the offensive line. So then if you do have a top five pick next year, you get a quarterback, and now you have a top quarterback on a rookie deal surrounded by free agent talent. So I wouldn't do the Wentz deal. You yeah. know, and then if you do trade Rodgers, you're going to get all this capital back. So you could get really young and have a, a, a lot of talent around that young quarterback. So playing devil's advocate, let's say you go with Love and he balls out. Do you contract extension Love and Adams? Well, you you have to do Adams, I think. Uh, if you're, if Love balls out, then yeah, that, I mean that's that's what the Niners had to do with Jimmy Garoppolo when he came in and played those last five games and won five in a row. And Love doesn't ball out. Yeah. Do you trade Adams or do you contract extension him and hopes that you get a good quarterback in the following draft? That's which exactly. is supposed to be the tr- the stronger draft. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what you have to hope for. I mean e- either way. This is uh, playing out in Green Bay's advantage, I think. Mm-hmm. Because if Love is the guy, then guess what? You don't need a quarterback. Uh, and if he's not the guy and you suck, guess what? You're going to be in a good position to get a new quarterback. So, so, I mean, I don't know. Another red-hot take that I've been hearing that kind of intrigued me a little bit was that Cowboys not might not be soul-sold on their quarterback of the future. Do you think that there's a possibility they might make a trade – for Aaron Rodgers, the in, Cowboys, because they've come up short in they they basically have done the same thing they did with Tony Romo, is that they're there, but is this really the quarterback of the future? That is a hot take. I'm not saying that's a real take. I'm not saying that it's being verberated throughout organizations. I'm just telling you something that I've read that it was an intriguing article that merits nothing more than just a hot take. Mm, I could see the cow. I could see Jerry Jones doing something, but at the same time, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a little bit of control into where he goes because mm-hmm. he could just I'm retired and just kill any deal. Um, so it's going to go to a destination that he prefers, and I don't see Aaron Rodgers really wanting to go to Dallas. I mean, I don't I could know. be wrong, but I, I, I the reason why this became a hot take is because that division is so weak that outside of the Eagles which we're about two to three years removed from being, in my opinion, a Super Bowl contender or at least a playoff contender, that he could have a real fighting chance with the Cowboys. Could be. I mean, you, you add Aaron Rodgers to the Dallas Cowboys, that's a definite Super Bowl contender. I mean, they got a pretty good defense. They got a lot of young pass rushers. Um if you have a decent front seven, you know you're going to be able to create turnovers, and he's going to create, he's going to cover up a lot of issues on the offensive side of the ball. So, 
it makes sense for the Cowboys. I don't know if he if he would do it though, if that's where he would want to go. But we'll see. I mean, they're pretty loose on their uh, vaccination standards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, just uh, just to kind of highlight, uh, the Raiders are currently uh, plus five thousand, so fifty to one to win the Super Bowl next year. How Which, does that How does that make you feel, Sam? You want to put a hundred bucks down? It's five thousand no, dollars. Not yet. Um, not yet. Julia said that's a trip to uh, Hawaii. Yeah, not yet. Okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> Okay, um, and the Eagles are forty to one. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See the Niners. The Niners at sixteen to one. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's you know. I mean, they're they're tied for sixth uh, favorite. Like you know, they're tied for sixth on the list in terms of favorites to win. For me, I'm like, y- you know, I, I mean, sixteen to one. That's not bad. I mean, for a hundred bucks, you get sixteen hundred back. That's you know. The other one that that boggles my mind is that the New Orleans Saints are plus 4,000 to win it. They just got the best head coach ever, which I'll let Sam take this over, and I'll drink my beer and relax. Yeah, Dennis Allen. Uh, I mean, he he wasn't too good when he was with the Oakland Raiders, um, but I think no one was good during that time. I mean... That was that was an absolute mess. At least he went to the Saints. I think he went there as a defensive backs coach, and then he became the defensive coordinator. So at least he rebuilt his career a, a, a bit, you know, because he made some pretty good de- defenses with uh, New Orleans. So at least he's rebounded a bit. Where there's some coaches who they get up to head coach and then they're back to being, uh, you know, a position coach, and that's kind of where they stay. Jim Tomsula. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it. I didn't want to say it, but I was thinking it. Yeah. Um, the other hire that we didn't cover yet was Lovey Smith uh, gets hired in Houston. Um, good for Lovey. Uh, he kind of he got kind of got the shaft in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they they fired him. Uh, he took Rex fucking Grossman to the, to the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. And and lost to Peyton. You know that that Colts team was yeah. insane. So. You know, I shit think, happens. But I think I had sent something in a messenger group between the two of us, and 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 uh, Vince had gotten to take a, a listen to it. But uh, a, a buddy of mine who I, I had run a previous dead podcast with, but uh, he's a really big library of of what I consider for for NFL football. Uh, made a good comment about Lovey Smith about how they were looking at Josh McCallan, and uh, Josh McCallan has zero absolute zero amounts of uh, coaching experience. Uh, I think when the report came out that he was doing some high school, but it wasn't extensive, right? Like he didn't really expand into college or didn't really have any NFL experience other than just maybe talking to coaches on the sidelines, right? Like that was probably the extent of it. But Lovey Smith obviously is a proven coach and they were going to give it to Josh McCowan. And then the whole issue came out with Miami and then the Rooney rule, and they d- decided to go with, you know, Lovey Smith, which they should have in the beginning. Josh McCallum should have never been in the discussion, in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and my buddy is uh, a little bit more better vernacular-wise as describing the whole situation, but I think he's right. You know, I think you got to listen to what he said, and I put it in there that everyone can listen to it, but... Lovey Smith should have been the number one guy 
there's no reason why Josh McCown should have even been in a discussion, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also coached in Tampa, but like was never really given a, mm-hmm. a chance to succeed there and was gone in a couple of years. So right. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I am terrified that this might be another one of those types of situations for him because Houston is a mess. I don't. Yeah. It's going to take a while to dig them out of of this you know shitty hole that they've dug themselves into. Um, just well, you this. don't know what's going to happen with the Deshaun Watson thing, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the roster is an absolute mess. You know, the mm-hmm. organization is a mess. Uh, so he might just be a lame duck coach. You know, he he. If Deshaun Watson's not on the roster, then good luck. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, when you have a quarterback, it covers all sorts of ills. Mm-hmm. Um, and Deshaun Watson, when you know, not being you know investigated for being a badman, uh, is like he's he's a cal- he's a quality top caliber quarterback. But uh, we just don't know how that's go- that whole situation is going to shake out and. Even if it does shake out positively, I don't know how. Uh, I think he wants out anyway. Like, like he before it all, all before all of this shit started breaking out, he was talking about he wanted to get traded. So, yeah. so I, I don't know that he wants to be there anyway. Mm-hmm. Even even if he is exonerated. So, and exoneration still doesn't mean he's not going to get a suspension of some kind. So you know, it, it's just this is one of those situations. Unfortunately, we just kind of have to. Let it play out, and I hope I wish the, all the best for Levy Smith because I think he's a hell of a coach. And Just, even in a trade, it sounds like Miami is going to stick with Tua. Uh, yeah, with their their new head coach who apparently is committed to Tua to give him a shot this year. So, well, you know what though, I, I'm okay with that as a new head coach, and like we've said, the 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 carousel of of quarterbacks this draft is absolutely horrible. So is is Tua your best option at this point? Yeah, because Miami doesn't have any draft picks to really give up. They don't really have a lot of equity to, to give up as far as trading. So, yeah, two is the best option. So that would be what I would say, too, if I was a Miami head coach. But my question to you is that uh, I, I would say, does the situa- situation in Miami, does that really shake up the dynamic of NFL head coaching? Is, is this the epicenter and the pinnacle of getting more mixed race or black African-American <laughs> coaches into the mix? Is, is Miami? That, no. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's like the scenario of what happened there. Oh. Is this um, really the shakeup? Is this what the NFL has been? How do, you, how do you implement it? You know, I mean, it's been a problem with the rule since it was put in and it – there were some coaches that were brought up and, you know, some minority coaches who got jobs, but then it didn't really, it, it's not how, it, it, it's not progressing right now. Yeah. And the problem is it's the ownership level. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's of the 32, 31 of them are old pasty white boys. And then you have Shad Khan in Jacksonville who, well, Jacksonville's a mess. So Right. But what I'm saying is that like, Levy Smith's being hired because they felt, I'm going to just, I'm going to say it. They felt pressure to do the right thing, right? Josh McCown was not the guy, right? He, that's who they were gonna go. That's who they're gonna go with. That's who they were gonna give the money to. That that's on record. But they ended up going with Lovey Smith because of the Miami situation. Is this the epicenter to change the dynamic of coaching in NFL? I don't think so. I think I, it's a I heard I heard something 
um, I think it was on Mike Florio's podcast. Um, it, I could be wrong about that, but I heard something on, on another radio program, and they were saying there needs to be an offensive coordinator that comes out, um, you know, like a black offensive coordinator that becomes a head coach. You know, because that's the thing. It's not going to be a defensive guy because it's such an offensive league. So that's why there's so much hope that Eric Bieniemy would get a job because him being able to develop a quarterback and turn a quarterback into a superstar. So I do kind of agree with that, is that it's going to have to be a minority that's coming out of the offensive side of the ball that is just blowing, you know, the blowing the doors off the hinges um, and developing a quarterback and obviously getting to a Super Bowl or, or hopefully winning a Super Bowl. Um, you're seeing more and more minority coaches, um, but it's not transitioning to head coaches. And you're seeing more and more assistant GMs and scouts and leadership positions in the front office, but there's not a lot of general managers or president of operations of some kind. So there's progress, but... It's it's like you're good enough to be the VP or the assistant, but you're not quite good enough to lead the show. And how do you change that? Because it, it's going to come down to ownership. You know, the, it's how do you make ownership do that? How do you put in a law that's going to change that or a rule or whatever? They're just going to check the box. They're going to interview the two minority coaches. They're I mean, they've been teams have been doing this for a long time. They interview internal candidates. And these internal candidates, maybe they're a, a quality con- control coach. And because they interviewed, they might get an offer to be a, a quarterback coach or some type of position coach. And they, they move up the ladder because they got thrown their, their name in the head coach interview. Or some of them go, are able to go to a, a college program. Um, but they don't, really, they don't really move up to head coach. You know? So how do you, how do you really change it? That's only going to change because ownership sees that they that these coaches can win. You know, at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to winning. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lovey Smith is a prime example. He's a winner. You know, he's taken the scrap of the scrap and taken them to glory. Well, I wouldn't say glory, but taken them to the promised land. And I think he's a prime example in... I will say this about Miami situations that he is kind of a marauder in this situation. Like he is the Kaepernick of head coaches. And I think, um, well, in personal opinion, I hope that there is a change and I hope that he is that marauder as, as, as cynical and shitty as that may sound, but it has to happen, right? Like there has to be someone that has to lay down to make a reason for others to stand up. Does that make any sense? Somebody's got to break through the wall first. Exactly. I guess is what you're getting at. Um, exactly. Yeah, uh, Jim Caldwell's another example. Uh, he was coaching with the Lions forever, and mm-hmm. he was like, they were fairly consistently in the playoffs. They weren't doing anything when they got there, but I mean, they, you know, uh, he had a couple of 10 win seasons with Matt Stafford, who just won the Super Bowl, and they had Megatron, and they were, you know, uh, they, they were making noise, and they were, you know, um, may, maybe they were, you know, a couple of plays here and there away from, you know, advancing in the playoffs, and that's obviously the end goal is to win the Super Bowl. Um, he got fired, and what's happened to him since then, you know? Yeah. I mean, that that's another well, guy the same who, thing with uh, 
the Cincinnati Bengals, Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Marvin Lewis had a I mean, he that was the winningest decade or so <laughs> under, until this year, yeah. Until yeah. Marvin Lewis was there and he he's never gotten another opportunity. No. Yeah, and he was there for 14 years. That yeah. was, you know, and uh, there were some players that were brought in that, you know, were head cases like Pac-Man Jones, but for the most part, like, or like Chad Ochozinko. Chad Ochozinko is another one. Um, but he was able to, you know, win fairly consistently with those guys. And, you know, I, I'm just wondering where's, you know, where's their shot. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's so hard to say, but Marvin Lewis should get in the shot in the league. He really should. I mean, it's not his fault that the Red Rocket couldn't get him to where they needed to be. The know? Red Rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Red Rocket. Good God. <laughs> red Rocket. Oh, I mean, Jesus. he played like a Red Rocket. He did, yeah. bro. He was hot, and then he was cold. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. All right. Any uh, final thoughts on the Super Bowl? Um, I'll just repeat what I said last podcast. Fuck the Rams now and forever. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did I win? Yeah, you did win. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sam win. couldn't catch you. Even by picking against us. So Sam ended up in second place. Um, if I had sold my soul and picked the Rams, I would have been the winner. But I didn't. So just Tyler some, wins. Sam's in second place. I ended up in third. Just some honorary mentions just because I, I know we'll broadcast it next week. But I just want to talk about it. Uh, 76ers made a big trade in the NBA. Uh, they traded Harden for Simmons, Seth Curry, and some picks. Cool. I don't think Ben Simmons is a game changer. Harden is going to be Harden, whatever. I feel bad for Seth Curry. What is what it is. Well, I mean, Simmons is going to be the third option on Brooklyn behind Durant and Kyrie. No, it just depends. It depends on which city allows them to play vaccinated and unvaccinated players. So he'll be a second or third option. Yeah, but, I mean, he's not going to be the first option. That's true. And, And that's the most important thing. Yeah. For Ben Simmons is to not be the first option. And then the second cleanup I want to do is just, you know, we're all A's fans here, so I just want to say rest in peace, Jeremy Giambi. Uh, let me rephrase. Jeremy Giambi. Oh, my God, I just said it. Jeremy Giambi. Jeremy Giambi. <laughs> ah, I'm sorry. I just ridiculed your name. Don't kill me in your grave. Um, was he the most prolific baseball player ever? No, but he's the iconic for the A's. Yes. Um, it's really unfortunate what happened to him. And, um, you know, I, I think we should probably vocate it that if you're ever feeling suicide, there is a suicide hotline for you. Please reach out. Please advocate that there are always people trying to look out for you to take care of you and, you know, make sure that you're in good health and good condition. Like, there's always someone to support you. All right. Uh, well said. You know, except for the name. Yeah. <laughs> except for that. All right. Uh, anything else for the good of the order, gentlemen? I'm good. Okay. So um, you can reach out to us at SVT Sports Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Any questions or comments, you can send us an email. That's SVT Sports Pod at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing with you. Uh, slide into our DMs. <laughs> I love you, says it every episode. I love it. I love it. I love it. You guys have a great night. Have a great Super Bowl. If you're uh, from Cincinnati, uh, we'll see you next year. Have, have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>